Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, everybody, to this spoiler review of Spider-Man Far From Home from the The Geek Geek Buddies. Buddies. Hey! Hey! Thwip, thwip. (laughs) There we go. Thwip, thwip. There we go. All right, well, uh, I am John Roca. I am Michael Vogel. (laughs) I am Shannon McLeod. We're not going to do the whole intro. No, I've had some I'm John Roca. I am a voiceover artist, actor, (laughs) uh, podcaster extraordinaire. I'm doing a lot of things. I've got things coming out the wazoo. Now you do me. Now you do me. All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, Yeah, I write a lot and I produce a lot. And (laughs) I love superhero movies and my dog, Bosco. All right, and I'm Shannon McClung. You might have seen me in such films and TV shows as uh, Heart of Dixie and O.J. <laughs> o. Simpsons. Simpsons. I don't think I sound like that. I but, don't think I sound like that. But uh, your, po- but your, your posture, posture changed. changed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> making me look like <laughs> like I'm Quasimodo. <laughs> ah, well, you know, maybe you played him too. I don't know. Your your credits always change. Well, I'll tell you what. Us playing other people uh, certainly plays into our spoiler review of Spider-Man: Far From Home. Where Man. nothing is what it seems. Exactly. So if you have seen, if you have not seen the movie, stop this right now. Thank you for the download. Stop right now. Go see the movie. Then come back and hit play and keep. Really Feel free to this. go download our non-spoiler review. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, to listen to that. Go see the movie and then come back because we are about to talk about everything that happens in this movie. And believe me, everything. of all the movies that you do not want to have spoiled, this is one of them. There's yeah. so many things that happen. It's amazing. Actually, so actually, you could actually go see Endgame in the theaters. Go see. Uh, far from home, then come listening to the spoiler review. Well, don't, well, don't want to send them to a six-hour ride before they have to come back and listen to us. Hey, man, okay. let them live their dreams. <sighs> Fair enough. Well, speaking of living dreams, uh, Peter Parker is trying to live his dream in Europe of getting with MJ. That's basically the point of his story at the beginning, and then he gets sucked into this whole battle with uh, the Elementals, then Mysterio, and then himself. As he struggles becoming, thank you. As he struggles to become uh, Spider-Man, and you can forget that since you've seen him in Infinity War and Endgame and in Homecoming, he's still new to the game, and he's been gone for five years. And this film does an excellent job of tackling all of that as the film goes along. Yeah, so let's just dive in right yeah. at the beginning. I mean, the thing that was great about this movie, and we touched on it in the non-spoiler yeah. review, is right off the bat. Uh, in, a, in one of the most hilarious uh, <laughs> yes. in-memoriam tributes oh I've ever seen in God. the world, they established that the world is mourning the loss of the Avengers. Yes, yes, yes. And they we don't want to ruin anything for that, our waiters, uh, so we're not going to say anything too much as oh, yet. The guys, <laughs> the waiter just came by. We can't spoil it for yeah, him. We don't want to spoil Spider-Man. We're not going to talk Spider-Man about Spider-Man while he's him. here. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> we're good? Oh, okay. 
Um, yeah. So, but yeah, right off the bat, they establish in the funniest way possible yeah. uh, what happened in Endgame: the fact that half of the student body blipped out of existence for five years, and half of them did not. And that is what they call it—the blip. Uh, yeah, they, they, we now have a name for it. That's we called so it the funny. snap. Yeah. Uh, some people called it the snapture. Yeah. But in the world of the MCU, they are referring to it as the blip. The blip. Uh, and it's really great. I mean, the fact that they have a main character in the sequel, right? Uh, Brad. Uh, as a character who was kind of scrawny, yeah. and everyone else disappeared, and they came back five years later, and now he's like super old and ripped, and he's like super hot. Like, is, is Brad in Homecoming? Well, they 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 reference the fact that he was a scrawny kid. I, I don't I'm know if go he back actually and was. See if he's in Homecoming, or, or is he somebody's like younger brother? Is maybe, that... maybe. I mean, they just showed him in the school video at the beginning, and he was scrawny, and now he's super hot. I mean. <laughs> I was attracted to and Brad. a bit of a dick yeah, and a bit of a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, right off the bat, we get into the snap, the blip. Yep. The blip. Uh, and also the thing, yes, Peter Parker is very excited about going on this vacation to be with MJ. But also the thing that he's kind of not saying to anybody is yeah. he is not excited about what's next for him as Spider-Man. Yeah. It is very clear from the get-go that uh, the loss of Tony is hitting him really hard. Yeah. And the fact that most of the major superheroes are out of the universe, uh, they're not either either they're literally out of the universe like Cap and Tony, or they're off-planet or not available. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he's having a hard time with that. Like, there's a lot of people that are relying on him. Oddly enough, that scene from the trailer where he's talking to the cops, yeah. not in the movie. Nope. Oh, right. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because he's wearing the Iron Spider suit. Yeah. So coming back to it at the end, I was like, oh, is he going to go back to that other, to the Iron Spider suit? But no, they, that was just a sequence that didn't make it in. Yeah, and yeah. I also, I like the fact that, you know, it makes you go, now wait a minute, we, we, our impulse is to go, let's go and be save things and go be a hero, but there's a cost, you know? And Spider-Man has always been one of those characters historically in the comics that has shown you the cost of being a hero, the responsibility, right, with great power, all that. Don't you say it. Don't say it. Like, that kind of stuff. And so you see it in the movie. Like, let's remember, bitch, he was in space, and he was dealing with the end of the galaxy and everything like this. So him wanting to go on vacation to be a normal kid with his classmates is not... Like, a wrong thing. Well, and I also like that, like, within the Marvel Universe, they're doing to him kind of what you and we have all talked about. Like, we've all talked about, you know, post-Endgame, where is the Marvel Universe going? And I know that, Johnny, you and I don't necessarily agree on this, but you're like, Peter's going to, Spider-Man's going to lead the Avengers, Spider-Man's going to lead the Avengers. But in this movie, you have an entire news crew asking him if he's the leader of the Avengers. So, you know, like, like, the pressure is heavy on him, and he's not dealing great with it and so this school trip uh in addition to being a chance for him to get with mj is a chance for him to sort of put all of this away for a minute yeah, and just not for a little bit. deal with it yeah uh and of course that is not what happens right yeah i was i was thinking about that as well like the the things that he has not uh hesitated in front of fighting yeah. aliens uh, it's the local press at a fundraiser that right. really that Good really point. that really gets him something that Tony Stark would have been able to handle with his eyes closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and and by the way, we should say this because you maybe it is didn't listen or non spoiler. We all liked the movie very much. Um, I think though, uh, Michael and I are more in the camp. I think that Homecoming was a slightly better film than this, whereas I'll, Shannon enjoys this a little more than Homecoming. Yes, although I will say that I mean. I am very slight on it. Yeah, I yeah. think I think Homecoming sure. edges Far From Home out just a tad. That's fair. For me. Me too. But, I mean, 
I think Far From Home is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I love some of the longer sequences in Homecoming, but on, on a rewatch, like as he's stuck inside that one, that, that big uh, containment center mm. or something when he's talking to the uh, oh, to yeah. Jennifer Connelly. Right. Um, after a little while, I'm like, ooh, let's go, let's go. And I also thought the Washington Monument sequence was a little long. Okay. Like, it See, wasn't quite I love, as, but I love both of those sequences. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just wasn't well, dynamic enough. Two of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh it just wasn't dynamic enough what? for me. How... Very <laughs> dare you, sir. That is that is the Washington Monument. <laughs> it is a national treasure. Oh my god. This is why films are subjective. Yes, go ahead. When you were at home when in, in, in six months from now, Uh-oh. when Far From Home is on your is on your PS4, would you are you gonna watch a I will sequence? Buy it on iTunes. <laughs> are you gonna Fair. are you gonna watch one of the Mysterio sequences or are you gonna watch a Washington Monument sequence? Well, this is where you and I disagree on certain things. I will say that I think the Mysterio sequences, and we'll get to it in a little bit, are thrilling to watch. And I never thought in a bajillion years that I would see a live-action Spider-Man movie that would handle Mysterio sequences that well. And they're great. But the fun of Peter Parker's first major outing as Spider-Man, his friends being caught, the tension that they build... The way he does everything, like him coming in on into the elevator and trying to act like he's not Peter Parker. Like, I love all of that so much that as much as I think the Mysterio sequences look amazing and are super well done, uh, I would probably take the Washington Monument sequence. See, I find it to be a very contained action sequence. Well, yeah, because it's inside the Washington Monument. Thank you. I get it. (laughs) Well, it's also outside because he's flying around outside, too. Um, let me ask you guys a question before we get too deep into the movie. Do Because we find this out. Once again, this is a spoiler, so I hope to God you've watched the movie by this point. Um, do you like the way the MCU has decided to systematically not have secret identities? To have them be outed pretty quickly. I mean, 2008 Iron Man, he just flat out fucking says it in a press conference. And then uh, we get everyone else uh, getting uh, their their Steve Rogers is very well known. And then in this movie, Spider Man in one of the post credit sequences is outed as Peter Parker right off the bat. Do you do you have trouble with this? I don't have trouble with it. Uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to handle it. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to jump all the way to the post credit sequences, I thought that um. Uh, so in the post, I just mean overall as a philosophy. For well, DC as a philosophy, I think it's great. Okay, because I think that, and I think we've discussed this before uh, a little bit. If not on the Geek Buddies, then post Geek Buddies, as we're just Cheater. being Geek Buddies. Oh, oh, ourselves. Uh, no, with each other. Okay, okay. Uh, I actually, I think that the secret identity part of superheroics is something that. I, I don't necessarily need to spend the time on it. Okay. With everything that the Marvel Universe is doing and moving this ball forward and telling this epically huge story, I don't need to deal with Captain America or Iron Man telling so-and-so that they're not really Iron Man and Captain America. Now, with Peter Parker, his his having a secret identity, I think, is more important to him because yeah. of his age, because of the world that he lives in, because he's not at the level of some of these other heroes. And so I do think that what they did in the post credit sequence... Um, a, introducing J. Jonah Jameson, right, uh, as a Alex Jones reintroducing, reintroducing uh, our everybody's favorite J. Jonah Jameson yeah. from the original Spider-Man franchise, J.K. Simmons, uh, great reaction, back as J. Jonah Jameson, uh, and introducing him as a Alex Jones, Sean Hannity style sort of pundit, uh, 
who plays Mysterio's last video where Mysterio outs Peter Parker uh, or outs Spider-Man as Peter Parker. And to leave on that note, I mean, I fucking can't wait for the next Spider-Man movie. Like, I I can't believe they did it. It was very reminiscent to me of uh, Brian Michael Bendis' Daredevil run. Oh, interesting. Where Daredevil, where Matt Murdock was outed as Daredevil. Right. And that's one of those things that once you do it, you think you can't put the genie back in the box. And Brian Michael Bendis built an entire arc about Matt Murdock being outed as Daredevil and how that all went. And so as soon as they did it, I was like, I I don't know that they're just going to have Peter Parker be an out Spider-Man Right. Uh, permanently, but I'm very curious to see how they're going to handle this. Especially because it was such a big deal for him to tell MJ in the movie. So to have it be no, blurted it was out such like a big that. deal for MJ to tell him. Well, fine, yes, but she's only 67% sure. So she well, wasn't 100% So this brings up something that I wanted to say, because okay. when we did uh, dissect the trailer when it came out, yeah. uh, I, I was thrilled that there was a multiverse, and I was thrilled that MJ to, uh, figured out that he was Spider-Man. And <laughs> well, Shannon, and Shannon said that he thought that the multiverse might not be true, right. and that he thought that the MJ might be just one of those like MJ jokes where she kind of takes it back immediately. Right. So we were both on opposite sides of this, and spoiler review, uh, it turns out we were, I was right about MJ. Yeah. She did... Mostly figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but I was wrong in that there is, at least thus far, not really a multiverse. Because Mysterio is a bad guy yeah. and bad guys lie. Yeah, and this is what perplexed me about so many of the tweets about the movie uh, that came out for social media. Everyone was like, oh, the second half of the movie, everything changes. You've got to watch the second half of the movie. And this is where being a comic book reader can sometimes bite you in the ass. Because I knew, I said it on Movie Talk weeks ago, it could be very real that there is no multiverse and Mysterio is lying about this whole thing because his whole job is illusion and deception. So I was halfway there. Yeah. I, you know, all the trailers, Mysterio's a big hero, yada, right, yada, right, yada. Right. I, we all know Mysterio's going to be the bad guy. Right. Uh, so I knew he was going to be the bad guy. I suspected maybe he was controlling the elementals. But for whatever reason, I was like, okay, so he came to our Earth from his Earth, and now he's going to... Like, the multiverse part, I just sort of bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You wanted to buy it. And the fact that, A, he's a big, fat liar, but B, and most brilliantly, he's a big, fat liar that developed the holographic technology that Tony Stark (laughs) shows in Civil War. (laughs) And that they actually use a clip from Civil War to show... That uh, I forget what the what the acronym is, but it's BARF, barf. Yeah. and uh, I forget what it stands for. Yeah. It's something B uh, augmented reality, reality something. something flapper yeah. flapper. Um, and that, f- and that, or flipper, and that, flapper, and that Jake flipper. Gyllenhaal, Quentin Beck, is so pissed yeah. that his invention got called barf, and that he then subsequently <laughs> got let go. Yeah, uh, and that not only that, but his entire team, who's helping him do this, are all angry. Ex Stark employees. Stark employees. Right. <laughs> That's the part. So I agree with what you're saying that like not a multiverse, not whatever. But the way yeah. that they flipped it on its sure. head, the that, way that, was that a they nice did surprise. it, and something you said, Johnny, when we mm. got out of the movie, which was great, was uh, you know in the in the time that we've been living with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and with all that Mysterio has always been a master of illusion and everything else, yeah. that the way they handle Mysterio's illusions has really caught up to technology, or technology is caught up to that. Like, using drones yep. that project holograms that are basically a level of uh, VR uh, in the real world, and the way that they handle everything, like, it is a very 
feasible and plausible way that a Mysterio would actually exist. They, yep. they, they handled it amazingly well. Like, it's great. And it's a great reason to go back and watch the movie again and really pay attention yeah. to pre-reveal, like, okay, is this is this r- the real Gyllenhaal right. or is this uh, holographic G- uh, Gyllenhaal? Right. Did we like um, Shifting Gears or do we like the MJ Peter Parker storyline? No, I, I didn't like it. Okay. I loved it. Okay, fair. You walked me right into uh, Quentin Beck. Yes, go ahead. Uh, no, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, Shannon and I were just talking about this a minute ago. Um this version of MJ is not the Marvel it really Comics version of MJ no, in isn't. any way, shape, or form. And you know what? Great. Yeah, it's okay. Because we've seen that story so many times, yeah. and what they're bringing to this kind of quirky, weird version of MJ is so great and so lovely, <laughs> and the way they handle the romance between the two of them is just so adorable. It's genuine. It's genuine, yeah. and it's adorable, and like I'm just here for it. Uh, the entire sequence where she calls him out on being Spider-Man, and then he says he's not Spider-Man, and then he realizes that something's wrong, and he says he is Spider-Man, and yeah. she's like, wait, are you serious? I wasn't really serious. Like, it's just, they're so cute. Like, you just love them being together. The opera glasses moment is the moment that got me. Yeah. When, when they <laughs> kind of clumsily decide um, to sit next to each other. Well, and speaking of moments that got us, I mean, I just really do want to talk for a minute about uh, uh, the Peter Parker-Tony Stark relationship. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, as as we said, uh, I think in the non-spoiler review, like, Tony Stark is really a character in this movie. Really, uh, uh, yeah. Literally a character in this movie in our spoiler review because his dead-ass zombie body uh, illusion comes out of the ground when Hey-o. Mysterio is, like, going Mis- crazy on Mis- Spider-Man. Mysterio for the win. Um, zombie Avengers. Zombie Avengers. But... The moment when Peter Parker, who, you know, all of his tech has been taken, Quentin uh, Mysterio has everything going for him. He gets a hold of Happy. He gets on that ship and he uh, starts building a new spider suit. And he is literally in every body motion and everything he's doing. He is a little Tony Stark and Happy is sort of watching him. And he's like, what? And he says nothing. And I got emotional. Yeah. Like, I got genuinely emotional at him kind of... That was the moment where he was stepping into the role. He was Tony Stark. Or learning how to be Tony Stark. Yeah, or learning how to be Tony Stark. His version of it, which is great. And it was so beautiful. I just... Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, agreed. Oh, and it was great to see that, too, because, you know, this idea that he's going to... And, you know, I want to say this correctly. I I predict this like... I felt like a year ago they were setting it up for him to take over. And... People are like, oh, he's too young, he's too young, he's too young. And you're like, okay, fine. But by the end of Phase 4, because we don't need the Avengers right now, we've got so many other things coming down the pike that are in the MCU that Avengers don't need to be formed until the end of Phase 4. So by that time, Spider-Man, Spider-Man will, have, will be older, Peter Parker will be older, Tom Holland will be older, and he will fill out that, like, Ned. Ned does not look like he's in high school anymore. Let's put that on the fucking table right now. But like, but like Tom Holland is going to fill out even more, and when he does, he will step into that role as the leader of the Avengers, and that'll be interesting to see. Well, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the other post credit sequence as we're talking about the future of the sure, MCU. Sure, sure. Scroll, son. So uh, yeah, so loved loved Nick Fury and Maria Hill in this movie. Turns out. Not I wasn't Nick, really watching Nick Fury, Nick Fury, Fury or Maria Hill. Uh, our good buddy Tellus the Scroll is back, um, and his um, wife, and his wife. Amazing reveal! Yeah. Right, jaw dropped, hit the floor, uh, and then beyond that, 
the reveal, you know, we were talking a lot about what is in the future for Captain Marvel. Right. And how do you have this cosmic hero that deals with space uh, abandon space and come back to Earth? And I was saying, you know, that in the comics, they had her with Alpha Flight for a while. Yeah. In a space station right. that was orbiting the Earth to deal with, like, uh, alien threats. And it looks like that's exactly what Fury is doing. Who has the rights to Alpha Flight? I don't know that Alpha Flight will be there, but Captain Marvel certainly will. I'm down with Puck <laughs> but, uh, Alpha Flight getting But see, so yeah, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, this really is. It, it As much as that moment of Nick Fury showing up in Tony Stark's mm-hmm. house saying, let me talk to you about the Avengers Initiative, kicked everything off, Nick Fury on a space station with a bunch of scrolls <laughs> building everything out is like, oh, so we're going there. Yeah. I mean, that it between... Between J. Jonah Jameson outing Peter Parker as Spider-Man and Nick Fury and a bunch of scrolls building a space station, I don't think there's ever been two post-credit sequences that like just shifted the entire landscape the way that these two do. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it really demonstrates Marvel's commitment to the Captain Marvel character. Like they are really oh, yeah. doubling oh, yeah. down yeah. on her. And as someone who was not over the moon about that movie. Mm-hmm. I really hope going forward that maybe that uh, directing pair aren't uh, aren't shepherded. I but, agree with you. But let me ask you a question because I don't disagree with you. But I, they're going to bring it back. You don't make a billion dollars and not bring back those directors. I don't know how they yes, do, do it. Oh, I don't. Okay. I think you absolutely do. Okay. Uh, I think if you noticed, and uh, one of our friends, Kalinowski, Mike Kalinowski, mentioned this mm-hmm. before the movie came out uh, with Thor three. Taika Waititi was everywhere. Yeah. With Endgame, the Russos are everywhere. With Black a Guardians Panther. movie, James Gunn is everywhere. Yep. Right. Those two directors were nowhere to be seen in interviews. Uh, so they, they suspected. I think that I think that Marvel was very much behind Captain Marvel as a character. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. very much behind that movie. I would not be surprised if people at Marvel and Disney were not thrilled either with yeah. how that movie ultimately was directed and i think we're going to see a different director uh come on board for a, the next captain marvel movie I, I would i would i would guess i would like to see a straight female director i don't want to see shared duties i want to see one director i would love to see a female director of, handle the boom. movie i would love to see a female director helm that franchise what's michelle mcclaren um, doing for god's sake but i do think yes like it's very clear that like this is this is the role that captain marvel is going to yeah. kind of take yeah. on yeah agreed and i think it was when they were on when peter was on the flight and he started looking at movies to watch. Like there was, uh, there was a Wakanda documentary. Yeah. There was there was a Tony Stark documentary. There was one other one that Ooh. that referenced. There's something. a lot of fun little Easter eggs that really kind of place Peter in the Marvel universe yeah. in a great way. And I just love how the other high school kids talk about stuff. Oh, and can we just talk about Ned and yeah. Betty Brant's Ned relationship Betty for a minute? <laughs> one of the highlights of the movie for me. Ned grew as a man. Ned grew as a man, and Betty Brant is the. Is the quintessential high school girlfriend That's so perfect? Let's the just opening, say that. the opening of that sequence when they're doing the in memoriam and they said they say something about the mascot yeah. tigers and you hear the roar oh of the God, tiger. I, lost it. <laughs> I, I like the bam bam bam. They threw that in right at the end of one of those uh, moments. That kid too is a kid from Bumblebee, I think. Who is yeah, the yes, yeah. So. Betty Brant ends up working at the Bugle, doesn't mm-hmm. she? Betty Brant is a, a Bugle reporter yeah. in the comics, yes. So we are getting there, son. We are getting there. You know one of the brilliant things about that post credit sequence where Mysterio outs Peter is mm. we are not going to find out if next year, if it is Black Widow and Eternals, if those are the 
2020 Marvel releases. Yeah. We don't find out the blowback from this for at least oh yeah, you know, God, until excru- 2021. It's going to be excruciating, <laughs> you guys. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what's going to be interesting about Phase Four because I mean I could feel the loss of Tony Stark in this movie, as great as he was, as 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 prevalent present as he seemed to be throughout the movie i still felt his lo- robert downey jr's loss no it's like movie. what I, it's like what i said i mean tony stark is a character in this movie yeah that's how big he is to the marvel universe right and but i missed robert downey jr of course and, but peter parker is inheriting that role yeah i i, I don't know that he's going to lead the avengers i don't know that i agree with you on that but he is definitely fulfilling that role yeah in some way, shape, or form. So, Homecoming, it was kind of Peter and Tony. Far from home, it's Peter, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill for the inevitable Spider-Man 3 that we're going to get. Yeah. Who do you think they pair with them? Because it seems like that's going to be the thing that they're doing. It's a good question. Uh, God, uh, you know, like... It, it, it I don't think be, we know yet. I don't think we know yet, because I don't think I know where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is yeah. going. Like, could it be him and Captain Marvel? Sure. Yeah. Uh could it be him and a Reed Richards? Yeah. You know, Ooh. could it be, sure. could it be, uh, you know, it could be one of a thousand different things. Uh, and I don't know, but I'm, I'm excited about it. And hell, if they figure out how to bring Daredevil into this universe, I mean, Spider-Man I mean, Daredevil would be interesting as well. I mean, hey, Spider-Man She-Hulk. I mean, let's just shoot oh for the moon god. here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And that's been talked <laughs> Spider-Man about Spider-Man well. and Squirrel Girl. I mean, Jesus, Ho-ho! let's just get crazy. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Spider-Man and Banner. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Holy shit, that would be great. Uh, Shannon, why don't you talk a little bit, because I think you can do it better than any of us, about oh. about the Mysterio action sequences. Yes. Um, the great thing, because we'd, we'd all talked about how are you going to make Mysterio, who sort of can be kind of a silly, silly villain in the comics and in the animated series, like how do you make him threatening? And as, as John uh, pointed out, the use of those drones for not just uh, holograms, but also for the offensive capabilities that they have some sort of sonar cannon. They have some sort of, you know, they have uh, firearms on it. And outside of what the drones can do, just kind of discombobulating Peter with those illusions to where he punched a wall, he walked out of a building. I mean, all of those things, the way that they were able to visualize what Mysterio can do. I mean, it was just... Halfway through the sequence, I, I know I hit both of you guys. Like, this is effing awesome I, I right now. From just a sheer, you know, we talk about this a lot with big budget action movies. Like, CG can do anything at this point. So, a big CG explosion, a big CG action sequence. Like, if there's not a lot of emotion behind it, it doesn't really do a lot. You know, we, we, we can see anything. But the sheer spectacle. Yeah, because yeah. he wasn't just illusions. He like, wasn't just attacking him physically. You, he started to attack him mentally. Yeah. But you, when I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, when Mysterio really lets loose on Peter, the audience is just as discombobulated as Peter is. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know which way is up. You don't know what is real, uh, and it just shows how clever. Quentin well, Beck is Jake Gyllenhaal's version of Mysterio is. It's also incredibly meta because it's a script that they are following that they've written ahead of time to put Peter through a movie. Right. In his mind. Yeah. With twists and turns and Beck being shot supposedly, but even that's a twist oh. and a turn and it becomes this whole thing. So it really messes with him to find out what his reality actually is. 
Well, yeah, and you have something start off as a joke where yeah. they talk about the Peter Tingle. Yeah, the Peter Tingle. They, they're not saying Spidey since yet. Which is driving me nuts, to be <laughs> honest with you. And they're probably doing that on purpose to drive you nuts. But the thing that starts off as a joke is the thing that helps him do, uh, defeat Mysterio yes. at the end. Where he he'd like, lean into the Peter Which Tingle. I just have to say, because Greg Weissman and Vic Cook would be mad at me if I don't. Okay. That is the same way that Spider-Man defeated Mysterio. In season two of Spectacular Spider-Man. Whoa. <laughs> the only nice. way I actually, I mean, A. With the spider ting, with the yeah, Peter Tingle? A, A, the Peter Tingle, they establish it very early, and I was like, okay, we're really going to dive into Spidey sense in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially after we watched that uh, whole action sequence where just Peter got fucking yeah. destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he's got to use Spidey sense. It's the only way. And even though I knew that he was going to use Spidey sense, when he finally used it, Holy that shit! Was that was awesome. <laughs> like that was so. That badass. was great. Yep. I, I will agree with you, and I said it already. But like, even though Homecoming slightly edges out Far From Home for me, the action sequences in this movie are just ridiculous. And it wasn't just the one sequence. No. I mean, it was really it, 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 the the one where Mysterio is directly attacking him. I think is probably the most satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That huge sequence at the end where Peter gets inside. The illusion, and you right. see what all of these drones are capable of. Just really, really kind of awe-inspiring filmmaking. And it's symbolic, too, right? You Sometimes you got to go through the, all that shit to come out the other side. And that's, in essence, his way of dealing with the grief of the loss of Tony, too. Yeah. How much do you really want to be this hero? How much are you willing to sacrifice? And him doing this and just trusting himself that he could do it and destroying all those fucking drones to get to that moment in the walkway with Jake Gyllenhaal... Uh, is fantastic, and I will say one thing: that tech that because they show Peter Billingsley walking away with that tech, that character from Iron Man One, for God's <laughs> sakes, still around, um, is really interesting. Because remember, it's in a it's the Mysterio illusion that causes Logan to kill all those X Men and start Old Man Logan. So who knows what that technology now in the you just, you MCU? Just. He's pulling it out. You're going all the way to Old Man Logan. Just, yeah, we haven't even got Logan yet, dude. Calm down. But I'm just saying, we now make this a possibility. House of M is even a possibility now with this technology warping Wanda's mind to do something crazy with the scrolls. Like, these are all, House of M is in play with the technology they've introduced. It's in play. A couple big leaps there. I don't think the Wanda and the MCU is even related to Magneto, so let's just take a step back, bro. Not yet. But now that we've got the X-Men in the MCU... I like that. Certainly you, possible. You come out of a Spider-Man movie, you're like, J. Jonah Jameson outed Peter Parker, House of M. <laughs> That's not <laughs> even a big jump. Remotely what That's I said. Big jump. That's not even remotely what I said. <laughs> scrolls in a space station. Old Man Logan is coming. You sound just like J. Jonah Jameson on the DailyBugle.net. <laughs> I am really sad that they that they uh, they killed him. I'm sad that they killed Mysterio. Oh, Quentin Beck. Yeah, I wish they would have yep. kept him around. Or. Did <laughs> he had he had Edith on? Edith yeah. said all oh, the yeah. illusions are gone. Who was that? By the way, I'm I've always prided myself on being able to pick out the Who voices. Who was Edith? I could not pick out Edith's voice. I really doubt it's in the credits. the IMDb. I would be shocked. What what is Edith from the comics or is that something that they invented for Ooh, the film? Good question. Even dead. I'm the hero. I, I'm, I'm the, the hero. That's I think be. that's pretty much straight out of the MCU. <laughs> Even dead. I'm the hero. Um, By the way, yeah, I'm doing that to both of you if I die first. Sure, sure, I'm sending sure. you glasses. Oh, please. We know I'm dying first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm actually, actually, I'm, I'm going to go start picking out the glasses tomorrow just so they're ready, just in case something happens. 
<laughs> did you think it was? Did you have any? Do you have any criticism? Did you think it was a bit simplistic for him to give the glasses to Quentin Beck? So I did early? actually. I said that to Shannon yep. uh, when you were in the bathroom. Oh, good. I, I taking did, a piss by the way. Not. Okay. I did think that, <laughs> but it, like it's one of those things. Like this is a movie where I have minor quibbles. Yes, yes, I yes, wouldn't yes, even yes. call them critiques. We should. Talk I think about that those, Peter gave. The glass is over really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that he's having the Tony issues. I get that Mysterio shows up and he's a great hero. But he really handed over a massive amount of technology yeah. to someone he barely knew really easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, seemed, that, that seemed a little crazy to but me. I want, but, but I want to push back here because uh, he is a kid. He is a kid. 100%. And they have, they have the scene where they sort of connect... Where uh, I, after the first time Peter fails, and then, say, then Peter fails again in the action scene in with the with the fire elemental. Yeah, so sure. he fails twice. Yeah, but let me put it, let me put it a different way. I don't have an issue with Peter Parker, who is a kid, giving Mysterio the glasses at that point in the movie. Okay, it's yeah. less about what happens and more about the execution. Yeah, I needed more out of that scene. I needed. I needed I needed Quentin to say something in a certain way. I needed to see that one moment that unlocked Peter to really say, "Oh, you really manipulated this kid." I guess the the, the better way to say it is, it didn't seem like Quentin had to manipulate Peter that hard. And had there okay. been a little bit more to it, I think it would have been uh, a bit more of a. I, I would have bought it a bit more. I yep. I get that he's a kid. I accept that he's a kid. I think that a kid, especially given what he's been through, would do that. Mm-hmm. I think that a little bit of a tweak would have made that. Stronger to okay. me. Yep. Um, the first time I flew to Europe, the jet lag killed me for a week. Yeah, but you didn't fly so, to space <laughs> yeah, before but, you flew to Europe. Listen, again, I'm not trying to like. We can we can justify. We can justify all day long. I'm talking about what's on the page. Yeah. I don't care about your jet lag. Oh, oh. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, that that was the one thing that really stuck out to me. The only other thing that stuck out to me was yeah. I thought it was interesting that Nick Fury was not as imposing or effective as he normally is, and I kind of just assumed they were playing it for comedy. But then I got to the end credits sequence and was like, oh, nope, not Nick Fury. That all makes sense now. Yep, I leaned over to Shannon during the credits and I said, are they are they are they punking out Nick Fury? Are they moving past him? And you're like, oh, I think they're doubling down. And I was like, nah, I mean, now, now I feel like the asshole. Well, no, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, sh- I, sh- because- I should have kept my opinion to myself. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, how does a teenager go to him, and how does Happy think he can go like, just stare at Nick Fury, going, "Fuck you, man." I don't know how he does it. And then you find out it's a scroll, right? Because there's only one Nick Fury, and Samuel Jackson. Credit to him to play a lesser version of Samuel L. Jackson. It really is. Now that I'm thinking about it, it really is amazing that he literally went in and played (laughs) that lesser version of him because (laughs) he's really tell us the whole time. Like, and it's really funny because you know everybody talks about uh, Secret War, the Scroll War, with everything, and it's like, well, because of the way they did the scrolls and revealed them early in Captain Marvel in the '90s, we're never really going to get Secret War. But it's like when I saw Maria Hill and Nick Fury turn into scrolls, it was like we got. Just enough of the secret war to make me happy. We got yeah. just enough of that. Okay, there's scrolls masquerading as people, and even though they're doing it because the scrolls are good right. in the MCU, uh, they're doing it for Nick Fury while they're all building the space station. I got such a thrill out of it. I got a geek thrill. It oh was my great. god! Samuel L. Jackson played three versions of himself. He played the real, the real uh, Nick Fury, right. the Talos Nick Fury, and, and the, the Quentin, Quentin mis- version of yeah. Nick Fury. Yeah. Look at that. Good Look point. at Sam. Good, good point. Um, all right, okay. what, uh, um, what, what? As final thoughts, what's uh, favorite? Oh, favorite moment. I'm sorry. Oh, here we go again. Oh. 
You know what? Can we hit the wall for you that we have to do final thoughts now at your behest? I was behest. just I was just saying it seems like they're closing up here at Mixology. They've been super kind to us tonight. They brought us lovely drinks. What cued you? Was it all the chairs on top of the tables? Yeah, I hear you. They're <coughs> okay, you guys are just listening hey guys, to let's, us. Let's give our final thoughts. No, wait, you guys are just listening movie. to us, so you're not here. I just want to point out to all of you listening at home that there is not a single chair I, oh, or a well, single you table. You know what? I've been paying way more attention to our Instagram. I'm going to take a photo right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, so go to check our Instagram. I'm going to do it with John in the foreground. <laughs> so that you can see that there's no chairs. Mike, lean in. On any tables here at all. Lean in uh, more. Smile for the camera. <laughs> Snap, guys. Go check our Instagram. Perfect. <laughs> um, let's see, is there anything more to uh, the Aunt May Hogan stuff? It seemed cool. It was it's adorable. Not a big, yeah, it was very sweet. What's um, a favorite? Like favorite? If you had to pick a favorite moment, like favorite well, moment know. of the movie, the Flash Thompson nut punch was about my favorite <laughs> moment in the fucking movie. I'm, gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like everything was beautiful and great to do. I did not see that coming. That was fantastic. I, I love what Rev Laurie is doing with Flash Thompson. I really do. And considering your history with being nut punch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> By no one, you. No one laughed how larder, harder than uh, uh, Shannon over here. So uh, for everybody listening at home, Shannon McClung has had a tendency at, at a couple weddings we've been through yeah. throughout the years as friends to yeah. get a little a little inebriated and uh, it's nut punch and do time. some nut punches of his own. Yeah. I have not done that in years. You haven't because I kicked you really fucking hard in the shin with the tip of my dress shoe that one time when you did it to me. And I was like, you're going to stop that right now. You're an adult. All right. So your favorite was Flash's nut punch. No, no. I have to say, just as a joke, I would say it's my favorite. No, I think the moment, um, I think the moment with Peter when he destroys all, when he goes in the spy, Peter Tingle and destroys all those things and stands in front of uh, a Quentin Beck and then catches his arm before he gets shot. That moment, now Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Not Spider-Kid, Spider-Boy, Spider-Teenager, Spider-Man in that moment. Well done. I, th- I like that moment a lot. All right, I'm going to pick two because one is That's a right. spectacle and one is an emotional. I took the nut okay. punch as my first. So. <laughs> the spectacle is the Mysterio full-on at Peter sequence. Absolutely. Cause, cause oh, yeah. Was handled Woo, that was so incredible. brilliantly. I, I didn't buy Homecoming. I will buy Far From Home specifically for that sequence. Wow, wow. Um, the second one, the emotional one, is when Jake Gyllenhaal puts on the Edith glasses and how much Only he looks, looks oh. like Robert Downey Jr. So, so true. Because the first, I think it was the first trailer where we saw him kind of come uh, uh, come out of the green mist. I was like, that's, uh, he lo- he looks like Tony Stark right yeah, now. That's yeah, that's a great point. Uh, well, then I'm also going to pick two, because you guys had two. Please feel free. Uh, my two favorite moments of this movie. Uh, one, as I mentioned before, just the moment when Peter starts building his spider suit and mm. he is Tony Stark. Yeah. I, I, I just, it, it, it floored me how much that affected me. I, it hit me really hard. It was beautiful. Everything they built, all the times that we've seen Tony in that zone where he's building yeah. something in 3D with everything to just take that moment and give it to Peter Parker. Uh, it, it's just beautiful visual storytelling at its mm-hmm. finest, and I can't even deal with it. And then uh, the MJ Peter scene where she calls him out for being Spider-Man mm-hmm. and the entire way that rolls out because we've seen a thousand different versions of the love interest, the friend, the whoever – finding out or figuring out that you're the superhero and they did such a great spin on it it was so original and it was so perfect it's just so iconic and i love it like those are my two moments 
Uh, I want to say one last thing. I got to find out what's the deal with, with Flash Thompson's mom. They would not have made a big deal out about that unless it's something to look forward to. And I wonder what it, she it's is. clearly it's clearly laying some pipe for something. I Hello. I don't know that it's I don't know that it's laying anything for like the Spider Man part of the universe. I don't know that Flash's mom is going to become some crazy villain or something. Could be female, could be could be female Doc Ock. Could be. Uh, but I do think it's just I do think they're just kind of like laying some pipe for like what. Uh, Please stop saying that. That's a word. That's, that's a that's we, a term. That's what that's we a call that's it. A that's a fra- that's, that's a, a phrase term that you use when you're playing the groundwork is good. Doesn't play anything sexual. Fine. It feels like they're laying the groundwork uh, at the very least to deepen Flash's character. How is the uh, plumbing on the groundwork? Okay, uh, you got a right. underneath the groundwork, I think there's <laughs> some pipe that someone's laying. You know what? Um, it's being installed. You know. They're installing some pipes <laughs> to deal with Flash's home life. So you're saying Hydro Man is our next villain? Is what you're saying? All right, good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, all right. Well, that's our spoiler review of Spider-Man Far From Home. We want to thank you all very much for downloading this episode and listening to us blather on and on about it. And really want to say thank you for all the great slowly building comments and compliments and enjoyment you all seem to be having with our little show. And we can't thank you enough about it. So uh, let's wrap this thing up before we go. Yeah. If you would like to follow us on social media <clears throat> and keep those comments and questions coming, the three of us talk about Definitely. addressing some of those questions. And we always get to the end and be like, <laughs> we ah, we didn't we didn't do the thing. Um, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, it's at the underscore geek underscore buddies. You will be able to see that photo of mixology where <laughs> no stools have been put up. Nary a chair. <laughs> <laughs> but you will see John <laughs> looking fairly flabbergasted. Yes. <laughs> Michael. Uh, please go leave us some comments. Uh, not just on Twitter. Go to iTunes. Go to anywhere that you're listening uh, to this podcast. Leave comments. It kind of rises us to the top so more people can find us. Leave us stars. Leave us ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, feel free to reach out for us. Uh, in addition to our main Twitter, you can hit up any of us on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Uh, I am at MKToon. I am at the Roca Says on Twitter and Instagram. And on Twitter, I am at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. There you go. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home. Do you yeah. agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Are we just super Marvel fanboys and we totally missed how awful it was? Like, mm. let us know your thoughts. Yeah. And do you see House of M coming? I'm just saying. <laughs> Something to think about. All right. <laughs> apparently, apparently, Roka saw this movie and thinks She-Hulk is next. I, I don't know. Certainly possible. <laughs> Everything's in play. <laughs> Spider-Woman's in play. All right, we got to go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time on... The Geek Buddies! Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.